0: What is up what is up welcome to another episode of blood and beer i'm your host matt this is the show where we drink beer and we talk blood sport like mma and other combat sports so i was supposed to have a guest on today he had some things come up so he ended up ghosting me but don't worry i'm not gonna ghost you we're gonna jump right into this episode where we're talking ufc 271 this is the reaction show robert whittaker versus israel adesanya too and the fight was a it was a pretty good fight. We'll get into it in a moment. But the card all around was just super fun to watch. Um, first, the beer of choice today. It's Deschutes. Deschutes, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's a Fresh Haze IPA. I found it at a gas station by my mom's house. Never had this before. And shout out to Snyker Trips. He said it would be a good idea if I poured it into a glass so... It not just talking about the beer but you can also see the color of it so we're going to try that out and forewarning I'm colorblind, so my color uh, description or thoughts on it might be wrong but I think it's a nice little orangey color looks like a harvest I like it it looks good we're going to jump right into this and um try the beer first, then we'll start talking the fights. Early prelims were super fun, so I got a lot to say about those, and then we'll go on from there, okay? Damn. That's a really good one. Did I say it's citrus, or what is it? Juicy. Yep. Juicy and citrusy. This is a really, really good one. I... I recommend, again, that's Deschutes, D-E-S-C-H-U-T-E-S, and it's the Fresh Haze IPA. We're going to try a different beer each episode till we run out of beers to try. No basic shit, no Coors Light, no Bud Light. Coors Light's for chugging, Bud Light's for chugging, Bush Light's for sipping, but that's not for sipping on this show. Rams just scored a touchdown to take the lead in the Super Bowl. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm just kind of watching that in the background, but I'm here for you. I'm locked in. So, without further ado, let's get started. The early prelims, first fight we had was William Knight versus Maxime Grisham. Um, William Knight set a UFC record, not a good one to set. He missed weight by 12 pounds, nobody's ever missed it by that much, so... He was probably drinking a little bit too many ipas or something because buddy came in pretty big they moved the fight from light heavyweight to heavyweight because he missed by so much he had to forfeit like 40 percent of his purse um bad move by william knight bad move indeed but that fight it didn't the extra weight did not help knight he got pretty much pieced up the whole fight he uh just looked like he was outclassed Christian. it wasn't a super dominating performance per se but he uh he just showed his experience and really put it on Knight. And then at the end of the third round, when Knight started to finally show some urgency, Grisham almost knocked him out. He almost stopped it. He dropped him. And I mean, that's that's all you gotta say. It wasn't it wasn't fight of the night by any means, but it was a good performance by Grisham. And uh, yeah, he got the unanimous decision. It was pretty obvious that he was gonna win that. I think it was thirty twenty seven on all the cards, but. I'd have to go back and look. I don't think I thought I didn't think William Knight won a single round on it. Next fight that was on there though was a uh, highly anticipated Blood Diamond versus Jeremiah Wells. Blood Diamond, uh, training partner with Israel Adesanya. He's a highly experienced kickboxer. He has a lot of fights. He says he has over a hundred. Um, not in kickboxing, they don't keep the same record, so it's hard to find it. But I believe him. And then Jeremiah Wells is a prospect. I think he's on the up and up. Unfortunately for Blood Diamond, Wells showed that uh, last night, and he just he didn't let Blood Diamond. What a cool name that is, Blood Diamond. But he didn't let him. Uh, he didn't let him use his striking or his kickboxing. Wells has good striking and good stand up, but he pressed him up against the cage pretty early, and then he took him to the ground, did a little bit of ground and pound, locked in a rear naked. And put him all the way to sleep. I mean, just out cold. It was kind of scary to see when he let him go because he didn't move for a minute. He started to come to after a minute or so, though. And it was scary for Wells at the beginning of the fight. I don't know what the guy was thinking. He did this little sprint around the octagon a- after they rung the bell. And he almost rolled his ankle or broke his ankle. he like, looked like he was about to be hurt. And I was like, oh, what? A- how dumb would that be to lose a fight without throwing any strikes, without doing anything just being a clown running around the octagon but he didn't he uh yeah he he showed he showed some uh showed some great went out there and put on a show said i'm not gonna kickbox a kickboxer i'm gonna show him what mma is about and put it on him so first round submission by jeremiah wells and he's got some big things coming for him he's beaten warley alvez and blood diamond so Alves, you know, Ultimate Fighter champion, uh, season three Brazil, I think it was, and he's also, I think Alves has also beaten people like uh, Colby Covington. So Jeremiah Wells, he's sky's the sky's the limit for this guy. He's he's skilled. He's ripped his shit too. Dude's fucking huge for their division. Um, moving on, because we got to get through this a little bit, uh, a little bit quickly at least. And this fight was a fucking banger. I no, I said last episode, I'm trying not to cuss so much, but god damn it, that's the only way to describe it, is as a fucking banger. In the fight I'm referring to, Douglas De Silva Andrade versus uh, Sergei Morozov, and fight starts off, Morozov's cracking Andrade, just everything he's landing, looks like it's buckling him, looks like it's hurting him, so he's... You know, he's fucking him up on the feet, and then he goes to the ground, and he's got the control there. And just, he looks like he's got it in the bag. Cuts cuts Andrade open big time. Like, I'm talking huge gash right here, right above the eye. And it was about quarter inch wide and about an inch long. I mean, the thing was huge, just spit spitting blood. It looked like, um, you know, the movies when someone gets cut and it goes, ch 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 It was one of those nasty gashes. It was friggin' sweet to see. Um, It made it look like a war, that's for sure. But round two starts off. That cut's still there. Luckily for Andrade, it wasn't leaking into his eye. It was kind of like leaking right over his eye. So it was going down the side of his face. So it wasn't hindering his vision. But Andrade starts rocking more Zob. And he's cracking him, cracking him. Gets, I want to say, one or two drops. Maybe even three knockdowns in that fight. And then the third, the last knockdown, I don't want to say third because I'm not sure, but pretty sure the third knockdown, dude, get, gets him down, and Morzov looked completely out of it. He looked like he didn't know where he was um, while they were on the ground. Andrade doesn't have terrible ground game, but he does only have one submission in his like 40 fights, and Rams just won the Super Bowl. Poor Burrow. Sorry. One submission in his 40 fights, and... It's uh, it's just, you know, against a grappler like Morozov, somebody that's very well-rounded like that, you, you didn't expect it, and he drops in a rear naked choke on him. Second fight in a row, someone goes to sleep. Morozov's eyes roll into the back of his head. Great resiliency by Andrade. He, he was getting his ass kicked that first round. I thought it was going to be stopped. And then he comes out that second round like, a vet, like the vet he is, bucks him up puts him on it puts him on the ground, chokes him out to sleep unconscious. Um, so yeah. Here's to you Douglas Silva Douglas Silva d'Andrade. Or you got too many names there, buddy. Moving on. Moving on, moving on. We have Jacob Malkoon, training partner of Robert Whittaker versus Columbus, Ohio's own A.J. Dobson. Round one started off, Dobson's picking him apart on the feet, just really messing him up. And it looked it looked like he had it in the bag. Round two starts, completely different fight. Malkoon starts to get the takedowns, um, lands a lot of ground and pound, just doing damage from the top, um, taking the back, taking, the, getting side control. Um, dropping one hook in a lot of the time, and just pounding away at him, just fucking him up. And he did the exact same thing round three pretty much and ended up getting the unanimous decision 29-28 across the board, Malcoon. Not a lot to say about the fight. It wasn't the most interesting. Dobson has potential, but I think he needs to sharpen his his skills a little more um, because striking looked great. I don't know if the gas tank wasn't there or if he's just not not a wrestler. We'll have to wait and see. I think he'll get a, get a few more fights in the UFC. He's a he's a dog. He's from Ohio, baby. That's where I'm from, baby. Alright. Moving on. Last fight on the early prelims. We have Ronnie Lawrence versus Mata Martinez, and this fight was a banger. Mar- Ronnie Lawrence, he comes out and he uh, he's dropping. He drops Montemartinez once, I think, in the first round. Gets some takedowns, really doing some damage. I think that one that round was a 10-8 for Lawrence. Round two, he's doing the same thing. Drops him a few times. It looked like the fight was about to be over. That one might have been a 10-8. Also, I'm not sure which, how the judges scored it. And Lawrence is really jacking him up. Montemartinez is still landing strikes. though, showing real grit, real heart. And round three. Martinez, I think it's round three, that he drops Lawrence twice, and he starts to come back, and he's kind of fucking him up, but not enough to get a 10-8 round. And he couldn't get the stoppage in time, couldn't really pull it off. So it ends up going to the judges' scorecards, and all three judges gave it to Ronnie Lawrence, unanimous decision. It was a fun fight, the back and forth. I mean, if you get a chance, go watch it. It's on ESPN+. Plus. It might be on regular ESPN, just the app if you have it super fun fight go, go check that one out it was a banger and that's that's all for the early prelims done talking about them the quick rundown of the uh, of the prelims because we do have a lot to talk about today and then after that we'll jump right into uh, to the main card because there were some there were some pretty exciting matchups on that fight on that card as well but the prelims uh, it started off. Who was it? Oh, Carlos Olberg versus Fabio Chirant Olberg put on a striking clinic. Just he he didn't get taken down, or wouldn't stay down if he did get taken down. And Fabio Chirant landed like 13 strikes the whole fight to uh, Olberg's like 78. It was not really a, a competitive fight. Just looked like Olberg knew what he was doing out there. Guy's a training partner of Israel Adesanya. He's the he's a real deal. Um, he's just a little green. He's got like six or seven fights, so we'll see where he goes from here. Sh- Charant probably has one or two fights left in the UFC before they cut him because I think he's 0-2 or 0-3 in the UFC right now. So he's not doing too hot, but we'll have to wait and see. Then other fights on that uh, on the prelims we had Casey O'Neill versus Roxanne Modafferi. Modafferi's uh, retirement fight. And she landed a shit ton of strikes. O'Neal broke the UFC record. Another UFC record broke on this card. Broke the UFC record for most strikes landed in a three-round fight. 230 strikes landed. 395 thrown. Um, Mataferri, she She just wanted to go out there and have a war, have a memorable last fight. And it was. It was super fun to watch. So it's good to see a vet like Mataferri, You know, 46 fights. Been around since before Ronda Rousey. Since before... Uh, Manda Nunez, I think, all these, all these studs. She was around in, she was fighting before these guys were even in the Olympics or doing whatever. They got started in the U.S. started in mixed martial arts. On so, she had a fun run. She was a journeyman, that's for sure. O'Neill pulled off the split decision victory, which was bullshit. She, she definitely won that fight. It wasn't, it wasn't that close. I mean. There was a judge that hadn't scored a fight in like four years or only two fights in four years, and he gave it to Ferry. Dude was nuts, out of his friggin' mind, um, should never judge a fight again, and he didn't for the rest of the card, thankfully. But yeah, good to see that Casey O'Neill's record wasn't tarnished by shitty judging. That was a fun fight to watch. Both their faces were pretty fucked up afterwards, and they uh, they just both seemed like people that loved to fight. So that was that was a good one to watch. There wasn't too many bad fights on the card. I mean, maybe one or two, but... yeah, I lost my face. I did not. I didn't. All right. And then I'll talk about this fight and then backpedal to the Kyler Phillips fight, but Andre Arlovsky versus Jacob Vandera. Arlovski showed that he still has it. Goes out there with some crisp boxing. Vandero was competitive in it. Um, in my last show, I didn't think that he was up there with the echelon that the UFC is. He showed that he can compete, but he just couldn't get the victory. It was a split decision. I thought Arlovski won it pretty solidly, but I could see how you could score it either way. But Arlovsky pulled it off. Split decision victory. 5-1 in his last six fights. Get a ranking next to my dude's name like 43 years old and he's still fucking up these heavyweights, taking their shots. That beard he's got is like a cushion. Dude's just he's hes the Tom Brady of MMA but not quite as good. Sorry. Yes. And then Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo. This fight was fun. Um, Rojo's good. He has some crisp striking Phillips is better, he has good striking. He was out striking uh, Rojo in the first two rounds. And then in the third round, he goes to the ground, he uh, drops in a triangle choke. And it looks like Rojo's about to get out of it. At first it looked kind of deep, and then right before Rojo pulls out, uh, Phillips grabs his arm and kind of cranks on it, and then twists over and Rojo taps right away. Armbar armbar from a triangle choke. It was, it was super slick. Um, submission of the year so far, I think. I don't know. We'll have to circle back to this maybe end of March or sometime in June and see what the real submission of the year is. I got a lot of fights to review, but I think that was probably my submission of the year so far. So, to Kyler Phillips. Hmm. And I want to make a correction for my last shot. I said he's Sean Strickland's training partner. Sean O'Malley's training partner is who he is. Sean O'Malley. Alright. And that was just a rundown of the prelims, baby. Now we're getting to the main card. Bobby Green, he put on a clinic. Just beautiful boxing. I haven't seen anything like it. Um, not Max Holloway's like that. I haven't seen anything that beautiful over three rounds in the lightweight division. He looked amazing against Nazarat Hakpras. He, uh, he goes out there and he's just piecing him up the whole fight. He's fighting with his hands like down here. He said going into it he's gonna try to talk less. Dude didn't shut the fuck up the whole fight. He was just talking shit. It was beautiful to see. Um, like I said in the last one, I love when fighters do that and just start talking shit, uh, do their warrior cry, whatever they do in those fights. He he looked awesome out there, and he's just getting better and better. He's not, I'd like to see him get a chance at someone in the top ten, because I think there's a lot of people he'd fuck up. Uh, Rafael Fiziev he's fighting Desanyus on, it was supposed to be next weekend, now it's moved to UFC 272, but... I thought Bobby Green won that fight. It was a super close fight, and yeah, I I'd like to see Bobby Green get a get a crack at the top fifth or top ten, and see if he can work his way up. Cause dude's got some serious striking, and I mean his takedown defense is pretty solid. Nobody seems to really get him down and keep him there. So yeah, give Bobby Green a shot, please. Give my man Bobby a shot. And then Alexander Hernandez versus Renato Moicano. Alexander Hernandez threw a little fit when he found out he was on the early prelims at first. He uh, he said, after all I've done, after this, that, and the other, why the hell am I on the early prelims? Disrespected by the UFC. So the UFC puts him on the main card. Yes, all you got to do is bitch and moan to get moved up. But, gets put on the main card and I don't think it worked out too well for him goes out and they're striking back and forth pretty close. is landing some good strikes. He's landing some good strikes. Pretty even. Uh, going into round two. Moikana secures a takedown. Rear naked choke. Um, a lot of rear naked chokes on this fight. But yeah, complaining like that you didn't get choked out on the early prelims. You got choked out on pay-per-view so congratulations. I didn't think that fight should have been on the pay-per-view. There are a lot of a lot of fights on the prelims and early prelims that I thought could have replaced that, but it is what it is. Throw him in there. Give the dog a bone. He just he didn't, didn't perform. Got nervous under the lights. So, congrats, Renato Moicano. Shame on you, Alexander Hernandez. Don't call for stuff if you're not ready, my dude. Now on to the big three: Jared Cannonier versus Derek Blonde Brunson. Starts off, they're feeling each other out. Uh, Brunson's getting a lot of takedowns and not doing a ton of damage. Cannonier is popping right back up, but he's getting the takedowns. And then, close to the end of the first round, Brunson gets a uh, he he drops he drops Cannonier. And then locks in a rear naked choke. And it looked like he was about to finish it, but time ran out. So they go back to their corners. Canyé's corner says that's all he's got. He's already fighting desperate. I didn't think that when I was watching it. But going into the second round, Brunson immediately shoots for a takedown. Then they get up. And as they're getting up, or maybe it was on the next takedown attempt, uh, Canyé hits him with a big right hook, almost an uppercut like a wide uppercut wide right hook and it really fucked brunson up it looked like he wasn't the same after that punch for the for the whole fight um he just he was kind of lackadaisical after that he didn't seem like he knew what the hell he was doing not that he didn't know where he was just didn't know what the hell he was doing and then um yeah he shot for a takedown couldn't get it cannon has him, and he throws a like a real close elbow, and it wobbles him, and then he just kind of starts falling into punches of Cannanier's because Cannanier's cracking him with everything in the second round once he realizes he's hurt. And then on the ground, Cannanier hits him with a hammer fist or a right hand and then some mean ground and pound elbows, and it knocked Brunson out, it looked like. And Brunson's corner threw in the towel as the ref was stopping it, because they knew that, that that was some serious ground and pound he was taking. So, hate to see it. Brunson was uh, really dog in the division. He was fresh-faced because there's not a lot of strong wrestlers at middleweight. But that was that fight had a lot of title, or pretty much the only title implications in it. Winners should face Israel Adesanya next because who else are you going to put up against him? He beat Palacosta, he beat Marvin Vittori, he beat Whitaker twice. Vittori twice so I'd say next is Cannon Ye and Cannon Ye got on the mic talked his shit made a good case for it said hey Dana look me in the eyes I'm next and Dana gave him a little thumbs up so yeah and Cannon Ye sounded sounded good on the mic he sounded good he said he was gonna turn blonde Brunson into blood Brunson and that's what he did you know here on blood and beer we love that blonde to blood doesn't get better Alright, moving on. I don't know if I'm ready to move on. do not know if I'm ready to move on. Because I promised myself. Damn it, Tai Tuivasa. Damn it, Tai to Avasa. Last episode, I said if I get 10 likes on that video, I'm going to chug a beer as it starts. I didn't get 10 likes. I also said if I get 10 likes and Tai Also wins, I'm going to do a shoey. I didn't get 10 likes, but Tai Also won, and I'm going to try to do a shoey. We'll see how this works. Um, these are my good blue suede shoes. Like I said, Coors Light is what you uh, chug. It's not what you sip. Oh got a little uh, spillage there got a little spillage this is going to be fucking disgusting That's pretty fucking yuck. I didn't even finish it. I will. For the sake of Tai Bam Bam to Avasa. You sick motherfucker. Now I'm a sick motherfucker. Alright, but getting into your fight. I already spoiled it. You won. And it was a super fun fight. First round, um, they're slanging and banging like Derek Lewis said. Um, Lewis looked like he hurt him a couple times, and then using that all-American wrestling that Derek Lewis has, gets two takedowns in the first round. He gets a trip takedown. Um, Didn't do a lot of damage with him, but he he looked really good in that first round. Two of also was landing, but not landing near as much as Lewis. He was landing some kicks especially, which I think really fucks Lewis up because he stands real flat-footed a lot of times. Round two starts. Lewis is kind of piecing him up again. Not piecing him up because, you know, they're slanging and banging. But then they get up against the fence, and Tuivasa hits him with a couple of elbows. And Lewis seemed like he was a little rocked. He seemed off his off-balance. He got hit with a couple punches off-balance some more. And then he seemed to gain his composure... Up against the cage to turns turns Lewis's back to the cage. <laughs> mean big boy elbow, big boy elbow. And Derek Lewis topples out cold, face first into the mat. I'm a big Derek Lewis fan, so you hate to see it happen. But also a big tie to a fan. And that was I mean, fuck yeah. Dude's a dude's a dog. That was awesome to see. His post-fight press conference was also awesome. He was real humble. Um, he just—they said, you know, what do you want next? Do you expect people to look at you more of a martial artist or just the guy that chugs the beer out of the shoe? And he was like, I, you know, I, I don't care. This is martial arts, but I, I am that guy that chugs the beer out of that shoe, man. You know, I mean, you love to see it. Love, love to see those kinds of fights and. Fans didn't lose. The only loser is Derek Lewis, and he looked great in that fight. 37 years old as a heavyweight at 39. I'm not sure how old he is, but dude is, uh, he, he's still out there putting on. Two of us is just a different force. He's on a five-knockout streak right now. Dude's a dog, and he knows it. So, tie Bam Bam Tuovasa with the win. Got me to do a Nasty, nasty, showy. I hope it didn't ruin my blue suede shoes. On to the main event of the evening. Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker 2. And this fight, um, it was a lot more competitive than the first fight. You could tell Rob really was game planning for him. And Izzy, just Izzy's different, man so hard to hit with that tall frame and so mobile. His top half, he can keep his bottom half right there in front of you but move his and he'll start from the hips and then his shoulders and then his neck and his head. I mean dude is just he's a different kind of fighter and he's throwing while he's moving like that and Rob was landing, he was landing, but in round one uh, Whitaker gets dropped by Izzy and then Pretty much just a lot of uh, back and forth after that. Round two, Rob looked like he started putting some things together. And then Whitt- or, uh, Izzy looked like he was. Rob got a takedown but didn't do a lot of damage. Going into round three, it's more of the same. Round four, I thought Rob took round four. He uh, he got a couple takedowns. He looked like he did more damage. And round five, I it was... Uh, I was just tired last night, I've been working a lot this week, but looked like he got a takedown in it, and he, he did some damage, it was a close fight, but I didn't think Rob did enough to take the belt, it, I thought it could have gone either way, judges did not think that, judges said unanimous decision, all three scored it for Izzy, 48-47, 48-47 and 49-46, um, a lot of people thought it was a ripoff, or a robbery, as they say in the fight game. Um, I didn't think so. I think to become champion, you got to beat the champ. you got to really go out there and show that you beat the champ, and he didn't do that. So, I mean, great fight to both of them. They're both clearly the best middleweights out right now. I mean, it's not even close because Rob goes out there and dominates every top contender you put him against. So it's just Izzy's a different beast. He's like a second coming of... Anderson Silva, I mean, a striking guru that nobody can figure out. The only difference is Anderson Silva was insane on the ground, also. Izzy has great takedown defense, and that's probably what won him the fight. So I don't see anybody beating him unless he fights Cannon Yang, and Cannonier catches him with a big bomb, which it could happen. But like I said, Israel is so hard to hit. I mean, the guy's movement and the way. When you're punching at him and he knows he can't move, he puts his hands out like this. Not up, out like this to just kind of mute your punches. So as they're coming in, he'll just kind of grab you a little bit. Even if he doesn't stop it, it slows down your momentum and you're not going to knock him out with a punch like that. Um, yeah, so congrats to Izzy. Good show to Rob. Good show to everybody. That was great matchmaking by the UFC. we got a big card coming up. Um. Well, a little card coming up this weekend, big card coming up March 5th, UFC 272, Masvidal versus Covington. Uh, big grudge match. The co-main event on that is Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev, and that's going to be a five-rounder. It was supposed to be on this weekend, this upcoming weekend, but they couldn't have it because Fiziev was having some visa issues. So love to hear your guys' thoughts on that, your thoughts on 271. Um... If anybody watched Anthony Pettis' Fight Club, a lot better than what I was expecting. Um, yeah, go check that out if you had UFC Fight Pass. It was pretty good. The announcers were dead wrong a lot of times. Um, there was one, <laughs> one fight where the guy was in a head and arm triangle. A, yeah, head and arm triangle. And the announcer was like, yeah, he's not going to tap to this. And as soon as he said this, the guy goes... Just, it was a super deep choke, too. I don't know why I didn't think you would tap. And, you know, those kinds of cards, it's like something that's below LFA right now, so they're not getting the most high-level people. So a lot of people are just panic-tapping. They're panic-fighting. Um, but, yeah, Anthony Pettis, he had Steven Seiler on there. He got fucked up. Um, he had some good good shows. So go check it out. UFC Fight Pass. It's 10 bucks a month or 95 bucks for the year. It's got just about every other promotion except for Eagle F C Bellator and One F C on there right now and PFL. And then you got the whole UFC Fight Library. It's it's pretty awesome. You got W E C Strike Force. You got Prides on there. I mean it's it's a, if you're a big time fan, UFC Fight Pass is where it's at. And my friends, if you guys wanna check it out, let me know. Again, thanks for tuning in. Sorry I'm ranting at the end. This has been Blood and Beer, the show where we drink beer and we talk blood sport. Thank you. Like, comment, subscribe. I'm loving it.